In this edition of Hoopsologies in the Lab, Matt and Justin break down the heat destroying the Celtics in Game 7. The hosts discuss if the Celtics need to make serious changes heading into next season. Then we give our thoughts on if the Heat have any chances of pulling off the historic upset against the Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmark.com and follow us on all social media platforms for our latest shows. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are a proud member of Underdog Podcast. And now, Hoopsology's in the lab. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am one half of the hosting crew here, Matt Thomas, joined as always by my best friend, Justin Goodrum. Justin, how you doing, man? Good, man. Good. Can't complain about yourself. Man, I got to be honest with you. Well, I, I'm doing great on a serious note. Thank you for asking. I, I got to be honest, though, with what we discussed last week, I was feeling, pun intended, the heat over <laughs> this Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. Me I don't too. know about you, but I, I was sitting there watching that series like, man, we did a, a little mini taste of a preview of Denver versus Miami. And <laughs> every game that passed by looked like, oh my goodness, are the Celtics going to make history here and make us look like fools? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was I was feeling the heat on that for sure. No, agreed. I was pretty nervous there, but um, I'm glad that Miami came up strong and saved our podcast from embarrassment. So kind of, I mean, didn't really have a rooting interest, but then after that episode, it was like all of a sudden <laughs> there's this um, loyalty to the Miami heat going on right. there. So we're going to talk about that, the Easter conference finals today. We're also going to talk about the Celtics moving forward and we're going to take a deeper look into the NBA Finals and talk about if, if any of our feelings have changed since last week regarding that series. Need to mention, we will be mentioning some odds here, and we'll be using bovadasportsbook.com for those odds. Vegas knows a lot, so it helps to reference Vegas when we are analyzing this. They uh, don't want to lose money, so they usually have a pretty good feel for setting these odds as you all well know if you've ever watched sports so let's get into it we have um a surprisingly exhilarating <laughs> eastern conference finals the heat as we mentioned last week at that point they were up 3-0 when we last recorded that night they played again and the celtics got the winning game four course they go on to win game five game six has the Derek white buzzer beater that was just uh littered with controversy at the end of the game there that two minute report everyone was kind of keeping their eyes out on the official report there but everything does seem to be legitimate there they go to game seven and as you all know if you were <laughs> listening to the last couple of minutes yes the heat did get the job done Justin, first, I want to ask you, how do you feel about the Celtics? Let's not even consider next season, but the Celtics as a unit right now, just in that they were able to come back and win three. They become the fifth team in NBA history to push uh, a 3-0 deficit into a 3-3 tie and even get the chance to make history on that. How do you feel about them um, do you feel a little less doom and gloom or are feelings uh, a little bit unchanged because they still lost the series? Yeah, um, I feel more optimistic. Like Stephen A. Smith said, 
basically, you know, you have to give credit for Boston coming back as much as you want to, you know, badmouth them from falling 3-0. So I think that credit's well-deserved. Um, I think the main issues is what, what I pointed out the last time we were talking, and that's just, you know, just them running their offense and their defense. I think there's some huge um, address. Now, the main question is, well, how do you do that? Do you break up Tatum and Brown? Do you just <clears throat> move the pieces around him? Do you make a coaching change? Um, in my mind, I don't think it's time to panic. I've team showing the resiliency of coming back from 3-0, I think shows overall that there's a lot of potential in this team to be um, title contenders in the future, um, but there's still a lot of concerns. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting, you know, a lot of talk back and forth of co of course about coach Joe Missoula coaches in this league and not this league alone, but in this league, especially become scapegoats in these situations. And Joe Missoula has taken a lot of heat. I think for the most part, he's, handled that criticism pretty well and, and pretty gracefully. So I do give him credit for that. And I do still sympathize, like we talked about last week, that he was kind of thrown in a tough position last minute and doesn't really have a whole lot of experience on the coaching bench with him to help guide him. I mean, this isn't like a Steve Nash scenario where his first coaching job, but he had Mike D'Antoni on the bench for him in Brooklyn. This is, um, you know, a uh, really uncharted territory for that entire coaching staff does seem to me. I, I don't know that the Celtics coming back those three games changes anything in terms of outlook on that coaching staff. There are also rumors. I don't know if you saw that this week that three of the assistant coaches are rumored to go to Houston with coach Udoka. I, I assume they previously worked under him on that Celtics staff so that's an interesting element of that too. So it would be Joe Missoula and I think maybe like two other coaches still remaining if those three get poached. And I wonder if at that point, if, if there's any truth to that, as a Celtics organization, do you just say like, come on, we've got a full off season and let's put together a full coaching staff. I, I think regardless, just to give my thoughts real quick, no matter what, you're going to be looking to sign veteran coaches on the bench, whether Joe Missoula is in or out. You do have some time if you want to hire a new head coach. Some of the big names already signed. We got news just recently that Coach Nick Nurse has been signed to the Philadelphia 76ers to be their new head coach, uh, which is very interesting given he has a past Daryl Morey connection. But point being, you're missing out on some, some of the prime coaching candidates at this point if you're Boston. So I don't know if there's any interest in Coach Bud and given the personal issues, if Coach Bud is looking to get back into coaching right away. Monty Williams is another name that comes to mind who I think would be a, a good person to look at. And then, of course, there are plenty of attractive assistants around the league as well that could get the uh, their first coaching shot. But it seems... Like that would be an odd route to go, given you just promoted Joe Missoula, who was an assistant to head coach. And we saw how that went. So I don't know. Do you have any sort of, I, I guess, lane that you would pick if if you have your Brad Stevens cap on or any sense of the direction the Celtics would take? 
Yeah, I think my mind is patience. You know, we talked about it a few weeks ago, how a lot of other teams were (laughs) hitting a panic mode, firing coaches, and I I felt that was a huge mistake. And I feel that's a huge mistake here with with Joe Mazzula, considering um, the trials and tribulations this team had to go through and the way they performed. um, I think that matters in the long run. And I just don't know hiring another coach. uh, That's a huge gamble in terms of you know, improving the situation. But there's been precedent with this. Take a look at, you know, Mark Jackson and then Steve Kerr, right? So it's proven to work in in certain cases. So I think if Boston is going to make a coaching change, (laughs) I mean, I don't know how you do this. You need to tell the future. But um, I think it's only going to prove dividends if they win the title with whatever coach they pick. So it's a huge risk. But, you know, we've seen it work with Golden State. So we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, they did have the coaching change away from Mark Jackson under that same core, but you're right. Um, I, I mean, it is a unique situation because they felt like they had their guy with coach Udoka. And then obviously this chaotic scandal happens. That's this kind of out of their control completely on coach Udoka from, from the sound of things that we've heard. And now they're thrust into this. I want to give you, so so we have all the talk now goes to, aside from the coaching change, this CBA terms are are being, um, I, I guess, promoted as a major talking point this week. And in conjunction with, do you keep Jalen Brown together? Do you keep um, Jason Tatum, those two, as your dynamic duo going forward, given that they both will be able to command a super max? And so just for clarity's sake, the difference here for Jalen Brown, depending on how his offseason goes, if he goes to another team, like, for example, since Coach Udoka is there, there are a lot of rumors they'll package a trade for Jalen Brown. Um, if if the Rockets end up signing him, which they would need to, because if, if he signs the Supermax with the Celtics, I believe I, I read from... Um, friend of the show, Keith, uh, blanking on his last name, but does the, the GM rundown show. Um, anyway, if the Celtics sign, uh, Jalen Brown, then they can't trade him for a year. So that kind of brings up an interesting dynamic that you can't really do like sign and trade in that case. So if Jalen Brown gets signed by another team next year, say he, he walks, Four years, $189 million, 30% max of the salary cap. The difference is 35% of the salary cap if he's signed the super max by the Celtics, and that goes for five years. So that would equate to five years, $295 million, which sounds like a lot of money, but the salary cap is going up. But there are harsher limitations. It's not technically a hard cap, but it is a um a penalized cap more so than just a luxury fine there are certain things that you can't do for example trading first round picks that aren't within a certain number of years um it it limits the roster moves you can make to go over the cap there are lots of sides of how people are feeling about that and we can talk about that <laughs> during this offseason but an interesting thing about this game 7 and those that dynamic duo, and no, they are not Jordan and Pippen, but I just want to <laughs> show you kind of some similarities here, Justin. 
in that game seven, the Celtics lose 103 to 84 to the Miami Heat. So 19 points there. Interesting. In 1990, before Jordan and Pippen had won anything, they lost 93 to 74 to the Detroit Pistons. 19 points. How old is Jalen Brown? He's 26. How old is Michael Jordan in 1990? 26. How old is Jason Tatum? 25. How old was Scottie Pippen when they lost to the Pistons? 25. Interesting. So you have a dynamic duo. And yes, I know it's blasphemy. And I'm not saying they're Jordan and Pippen. Once again, let me repeat that. But they're the same age. They're going to be coming into the peak of their athletic prime. So I still am of the view that you keep these guys together, if at all possible. That hasn't changed since last week. Do you have any other feelings? And I'm sorry for saying a mouthful there. I just wanted to set this up (laughs) before we discussed it. Any changes? I know you mentioned with the coaching staff and with the organization, like kind of patience being a virtue there. How do you feel about the roster? Uh, Felt pretty good. Good about the roster. I think the question is, is this with this team, them just jacking up shots? I just, especially how talented they are. Like, I don't get the yeah. sense that they're a, a team that is deficient offensively. They just, just do just like the, I don't know, the dumbest stuff offensively. So coaching, but at the same time, I don't think it's the right move to get rid of. If we see this trend, you know, <clears throat> in future years, I think that is a a point of. I don't think it's anything to panic yet. I think, like you said, the the, the nucleus is Tatum and Brown. I think. Got you. Sorry, I, th- I think I lost you towards the end there, but um, yeah, I I would agree with with patience as well. Um, you know, as as we just discussed. Um, so. Another thing to factor into is is how razor thin this series was. And I kind of want to shift over to the heat side of things before we preview the finals. Because you you have a stretch where you look super impressive as the Miami Heat. And you win those first three games like we talked about last week. And then you drop three. And I think there's there's some understanding on my side there because I, I picked the Celtics in six. I just think much more talented roster plus the Miami heat has uh, at least had coming into the series, far more injuries than the Celtics. Um, But they get it done to their credit on the road, which I I find super impressive in a game seven. And at least at the start of the game, that Celtics fan base was, was rocking Um, huge bummer that Jason Tatum, you know, sprains his ankle right at the start of the game, first play. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, that's the mega difference for game seven is that he was just, it was like his wings were clipped and he was kind of functionally like a decoy, basically on offense. And the rest of the team couldn't really step up and, and carry the water for him, so to speak. Um, so I, I think the Heat... Of course, you know, fate smiled upon them with that, you know, unfortunately for Jason Tatum and the Celtics, but they still have the grit to get that done. Jimmy Butler wins the Larry Bird trophy, Eastern Conference, um, Eastern Conference finals MVP. 
How did you feel about that? Jimmy Butler getting the nod over Caleb Martin. Do you think that's pretty uncontroversial? He deserved that. Or do you think um, there was a better case to be made for Caleb Martin specifically for the conference final series? Yeah, I think Caleb Martin play more consistent. Um, I won't have too much to add here. I, I think <laughs> um, there's some exceptions. I mean, we, we, I mean, I think you and I agree um, that year that Andre Iguodala <laughs> outrage, but I think overall, you usually see a go to kind of the most popular player in mind. But I, I agree. Finals and MVP. I don't think it's anything too much just to get super upset about there was that deserving he had some pretty bad games so gotcha yeah i think um <clears throat> it's it's surprising given that it it sort of crescendoed for caleb martin at the very end of that series you know usually that type of momentum persuades voters um i, I think in the example that you cited i mean that andre Iguodala vote um was a case of momentum as well if i remember correctly steph curry played pretty well in the beginning of the series and then it kind of became a narrative like oh does he have some sort of deficiency in the playoffs or something like that and the award goes to andre Iguodala because he guarded lebron james for that series and that was the toughest task for that series um, and I still disagree with that to this day. <laughs> like you mentioned, it's it's a constant, uh, I, I think, stain on, on the history of NBA. No disrespect to Andre Iguodala. Um, credit to him for, for winning that. Um, but um, I, I think another thing with this award that, that I think is real is that I think reporters are scared of getting criticism if uh, <laughs> if Jimmy Butler didn't get it. Now, I don't think it would happen right away because he's he's not going to slight his teammate like that. But uh, I, I think later on down the road, they could see some sort of uh, uh, some sort of backlash from Jimmy Butler <laughs> in a later interview because he would probably remember who didn't vote for him in that. Who knows? Maybe maybe I'm overestimating the pettiness there, but um, could happen. So um, in terms of moving to the finals now, we have uh, NBA finals that starts tomorrow night. That's May 31st today. So June 1st, we get game one of the NBA finals. And... Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of angles here and it still seems looking on Bovada Denver is the series favorite that has not changed I think if anything that has only increased since last week um there were Celtics odds on Bovada to be the um they were the second title favorites uh, after game four, I believe in that series when they won that game. So interesting how, how favored they were on paper. Um, but again, those odds on Bovada minus four thirty for Denver to win the series and plus three twenty for Miami to win the series. Just what we talked about last week, Justin was kind of, you and I agreed the only, 
pure advantage that we could see in the Heat's favor was maybe that coaching staff and and the schemes that the Heat use. I don't think they're going to be able to use a zone defense as effectively against the Nuggets. I just think with how solid that team's chemistry is, I think they'll break the zone a lot easier than the Celtics who who took you know, four or five games to figure out how to break it and then still struggled with it um, as as we moved on in that series. Do you see any other advantages from what Miami has shown um, leading into this finals? Anything there that maybe we didn't get to observe last week? Um, Not really, but I will say an intangible experience with Spolstra and with Jimmy Butler. I mean, this is a new environment for the Denver Nuggets. They've never been to the NBA finals before in terms of this. Um, and I think that is a factor in terms of this crunch time moment. It's a better team, the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think as we, as I stated earlier, I picked the Nuggets in five and I'm standing by that. But the reason why I'm giving the heat that, that game advantage is just due to um, of that pressure and things not going right. I think, with Jokic, I think he'll be able to overcome that. But with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, um, there are other role players. You know, if things go wrong in the NBA Finals, that's tough. But I do think as a Michael Malone, and I don't know, he really uh, – maybe other coaches have the same philosophy that he does, but I get the sense he really cares for his players. And I think totally. that's going to be huge in terms of overcoming at terms. Uh, I like his, his, he doesn't give a crap attitude. I don't think he's going to panic, even if somehow they fall, you know, two games. So nothing, it's just things to do not go according to plan. I think he's always going to have his teammates back. And I think ultimately that's going to be um, a factor to offset the heat, um, surprising them in, in a couple of games. So, but at the same time, that is an intangible, the heat experience. I don't think it would be enough to sprain the upset. But, you know, we've counted out the Heat every round of the series, every round of playoffs. So, I mean, who knows? They're about to surprise. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think um, for my part, I, I've <laughs> definitely um, underestimated the Denver Nuggets as well through, through much of the playoffs. Uh, glad to see them in the position they're in here. The Heat, uh, it's it's also been speculated that they are ramping up Tyler Hero. He may be able to rejoin the team and make a Game 3 debut is what we're hearing. And I, I'm wondering at this point if that would get in the way of the rhythm that they have. They could certainly use another body um, in, in that rotation, especially the Nuggets can run pretty deep as well so that's an advantage in depth right now that the nuggets certainly have over the miami heat um do you are are you nervous the way that i am about a tyler hero return um i think there's a risk but i think at this point all hands on deck you need everybody <laughs> i think there's such an underdog i think you you need him just for scoring um, I think if they were like the favorites or they're like the one seed, um, if they had a smooth sailing to the finals, I think then I would say there'd be more trepidation of this. Need all hands on deck. You need everybody. So I'd rather play them than not. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I just think he'll have, you know, a very, very uh, short grace period, <laughs> so to speak. If if he's going out there and um, throwing up shots or, or putting the offense out of rhythm in, in any way, then I think he will see the bench pretty quickly. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And if, if he is even able to return, uh, I think a, in large part, it'll depend on where, where we are. If Miami can get a win in Denver, um, then there's going to be less panic and maybe less urgency to have him return compared to if they're down to, oh, like you said, all hands on deck, let's get it going. Speaking of these opening games in Denver, what we do know right now is that Bovada has the Nuggets as nine-point favorites, um, minus 380 if you want to bet just to win the game for the Denver Nuggets. So pretty heavy favorites there, uh, which which kind of surprised me that that the number is that high, uh, a nine-point favorite, but certainly could see that being the case, the Heat come into the game a little bit more tired, certainly, than the Nuggets, you would have to assume. And if things get out of hand, you could see them potentially pulling the starters, you know, mid to late fourth quarter there if, if it's a double-digit lead at that point. Um, I... I would be pretty surprised if the Heat came in and won game one. One thing I do think, if the Heat are going to be successful in this series, so other than just talking about that coaching advantage, I think the other side of it also, although Denver can be a very physical team as well, I saw it in person when they were able to handle the Bucks' physicality um, back in March, but... I think the Heat need to be really, really physical with the Nuggets. I think they need to try to make Jokic angry, if at all possible. I don't think it's going to work for the record, but I think that is one of their only hopes is to play really, really physical defense and hope that uh, they can throw them off rhythm there. Um, Do you see the Heat coming in physical like that? Maybe like, bam, directly on Jokic. Um, and just trying to be a little bit more handsy with the Nuggets than past teams that have played them have been? I think he's just mentally tough. I don't, I don't see that throwing him off his game at all. Uh, but I, I do think it, it's worth pursuing. I mean, they need every advantage they're going to get. They're just such a massive underdog. Gotcha. Yeah, and... um Looking at impact players for the series, so of course the the obvious names are there. Um, so we'll list them on Bovada. It looks like Jokic is the favorite to be Finals MVP. Makes sense since the the Nuggets are the favorite to win the series. He's at minus three hundred. Jimmy Butler is your second favorite at plus three twenty five. Jamal Murray plus nine. 50 or I'm sorry plus 900 bam at plus 2500 and then even before Michael Porter Jr Caleb Martin at plus 5000 is your <laughs> your fifth place um odds on favorite for finals mvp so that would be quite the interesting series to play out if Caleb Martin were finals mvp i mean it would it would be 
a star is born type of situation <laughs> for that to happen. Um, and, and we'll see. That's that's why you play the games, right? Um, so I, I'm with you. I, I think I have the Nuggets winning this series in five games as well. Uh, based on what we've seen, uh, I think the longer series – you know, analysts talk about this debate all the time of, do you want a long layoff before you play a game one, or do you want a shorter layoff? So you stay more in rhythm. I don't think rhythm is going to be a problem for the nuggets at all. And I think it's good that they got this opportunity to rest up um, so that they can, they can come out running right out of the gates and and have a full tank, so to speak uh, for this game one. Um, I've, I would be pretty concerned if I'm a Heat fan. But then again, you're the second eight seed in history to make the NBA Finals. What you've already done to this point is pretty incredible. So this is an experienced team. There are guys on this team that have won um, won titles. Well, looking at Kyle Lowry, um, this Heat squad, the core of it was in the Finals back in 2020, uh, as you know, Justin, during that bubble season. So I guess 2021. Um, so I think, um, there's a lot of experience here and certainly Jimmy Butler is not going to be happy being second place in the finals, nor is anyone else on that squad. Well, for Justin Goodrum, I am Matt Thomas. Hope you enjoyed this finals preview and that breakdown. We will be back with you very soon and we will be dropping interviews as we always do on our feed throughout the rest of the season and some interviews coming your way over the off season as well so stay tuned thank you so much if you made it this far for listening and supporting the show we really appreciate it and we hope you enjoy the nba finals for justin goodrum i'm matt thomas and peace out